over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. All right. Welcome back to Hour 3 of Rosie on the House. Uh, Well, let's see if Rosie can get through this hour without somebody calling Jennifer to fuss at me. You know what the funny thing about that is? Well, what, there's a funny part. Yes, to because people they don't, at Rosie. they don't fuss at you. Oh. They fuss at me, and I get them all smoothed out, and then you get them. Thank you. Honey. Hi, Rosie. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dar. You're welcome. Darling. Part of the job. Hey, I got a lot of email this week, and some of it, Romy, was from families thanking us for bringing the Arizona Wildlife Expo to their attention. They all ran out there last weekend oh, good. to the Ben Avery uh, Arizona Game and Fish Wildlife Headquarters. And it was a great fan. And I heard they had a smashing crowd. It was just filled. Give your kids an opportunity to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow, to handle and pet real wildlife, how to cast a line, even catch a fish. It was a lot of fun. Well, for those of you that can grab your kids or your grandkids or your nieces and nephews and sneak away on a weekday, there is another great event coming up this week, April 6th, brought to you by the Arizona Elk Society, and it is at the Mesquite Wildlife Oasis, and it's Community Education Day. There's a nature walk. They're going to teach you desert survival. You'll be able to experience and see aquatic life and so much more. If you're interested in spending a day out there, it's a fantastic morning and day. Go to wildologyaz.com. Wildologyaz.com. So, Another another thing you can take the, the advantage of this gorgeous weather and get out there and enjoy it. We got a lot of information. I, I want to repeat again. I'm asking for anyone who has a solar testimony, good or bad, please get that to me at info at rosieonthehouse.com. We're getting a good number of responses to that. The more responses I can get, the more accurate my reporting can be when we come out on the uh, solar energy report that we're preparing. I got a lot of email this week, Romy, about our show and tell segment that we did last week on the show that I don't know that we've ever done it before. But we ask people who send us questions to send us pictures. And let me take a look at the picture, and then I'll be able to tell maybe a little bit more without having to run out to the house what the dilemma is. And we had a homeowner up in Fountain Hills who had a stucco home, wood frame home, and uh, the the frame pop-outs around the window in a bathroom window were leaking. And I said, well, send me a picture. Let me take a look at it. And it it appeared to me there had been some caulking done on the pop-out, and I asked all of our listeners Go sit down at your computer. Log on to Rosie on the House Facebook. You're going to be looking at exactly the same picture I'm looking at, and I'm going to tell you what I see as a 50-year builder and remodeler in Arizona. So they sent me a picture. I talked about it in what we call the show and tell segment, and we got a lot of positive feedback. People appreciate it, and they said, let's do some more of that. Well, speaking of, yes, uh, we had 
quite a few red notebook questions this week, and one of them the was red notebook. Yeah, red notebook, where people email us and we stack them up. Oh, we try to get everybody answered up. And it was a gentleman who um, tried to explain what was going on with his, um, what do you call those little wall, little retainer wall in his backyard. Okay. And there was talk about cracks in the stucco and then a crumbling block. And Rosie's like, well, send me a picture. And he sent a few pictures. He says, okay, now send me a video. <laughs> so he sent a video. <laughs> but I put the pictures up on Facebook. You can see them. And it's this wall. It looks as if the along the corner, the top edge, the concrete um, the stucco finish is separating, but the really intriguing part that didn't seem too unusual. But on the side, farther down on the wall, the actual blocks had crumbled out of the wall and fallen onto the ground. So, what happened? And the picture he sent me uh, looked devastating. And I, that from the picture, I thought, I'm sorry, Mr. Homeowner, your only option is tear it all out and start from scratch. But then when he sent me that video. It's a 60-foot wall that winds in back behind a raised uh, jacuzzi tub. And, I mean, tearing it all out and replacing it would be, would be a big job. But what happened is whoever built that wall, it's only about two feet tall, two and a half feet tall. They put metal rebar into it's, – it's, it's concrete block. It's not paver retaining wall. It's 8816 CMU concrete block that someone laid rebar in the top trough of the CMU and grouted solid and didn't adequately waterproof the backside of the masonry planter. So all the years that they were watering that raised planter, the moisture was soaking into that concrete. And you would think, man, he really did it right, adding all that rebar, and that, that wall's bomb-proof. Well, if they just would have waterproofed it, it would have got another 100 years. What happened is the rebar was getting wet. When the rebar gets wet, it rusts. When rebar rusts, it expands. So as that rebar was expanding, it was blowing the pieces of block off the wall and raising that little mortar cap that's on the top. So he isn't going to have to completely tear down and rebuild the wall, but and he now has uh, a low water use plant living there. So we shouldn't have to water back there anymore. Uh, he's going to need a mason and a stucco contractor, maybe, maybe somebody that can do both. And it's a cosmetic repair. And then he's just going to have to keep the water out of that planter as much as possible to keep this from reoccurring. But it's the, it's the rusting rebar from the moisture that caused that whole problem. And it was the picture and then the video that told me everything I needed to know. So I was very grateful for that. That, that saved me a couple hours having to drive out to the house and take a look at it. So the use of photographs and text and email of pictures will help me a lot in trying to solve problems for y'all. I don't get on that presumptive soapbox and jump at the first conclusion I think of. I actually get to think it through, look it over. So we had several other Red Notebook questions as well. Well, and as it comes to rusting rebar, I'm convinced as I'm putting together this perfect home, I'm not going to use rebar. Okay. I'm going to use the fiberglass rebar. Okay. Not, right. not the steel rebar. It, okay. I'm, I'm, I would support that completely. Great idea. 
You ready for the next one or no? Uh, um, let's go. And, okay. and, and, and people can call. Yeah, and the phone lines are open, one 767 Next one. Let me read it before the, line, <laughs> the lines light up. Um, it says, I have a sunken living room. That's a very common uh, scenario. Yeah, baby. And they say, I plan to fill it with concrete, but someone told me I could do it with lumber. What do you suggest? Absolutely not. not? Never, 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 never. Those sunken living rooms are below grade. Uh, you start throwing lumber, exposed, untreated lumber down there, and you're going to be making a huge conditions conducive for termite infestation. That sunken living room is detached from your exterior stem wall and the rest of your floor. That means there's a crack all the way around that sunken living room, which is a highway for termites to get in your house. So never, ever fill a sunken living room with wood joists and then subfloor it and then put finished flooring on top of that. Never, ever. As a matter of fact, if you've got furring strips that go down the outside stem wall, and go down to the lower level, you have to cut those off. Remove the sheetrock, remove the furring strips, get them all above the new grade, and pour that baby solid with some good 3,000 PSI concrete uh, at about a four and a half inch slump. And you can actually ask the uh, plant to throw in some fiberglass shorts as well, and that'll help it all hold together really well. Never floor joists. On a sunken living room. I think we have a pretty detailed blog on that, too. We'll shoot that there the, their way. Very good. What was ever the appeal of the sunken living room? James Bond. <laughs> oh. Serious? Uh, I'm serious. When James Bond movies came out in in the 60s, that sunken living room with all the orange and, 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 and yellow furniture, that everybody wanted one. <laughs> Aren't most of them just a couple of inches, like... Maybe six inches, right? Well, at least one step, three and a half. But most of them are two steps. They're a full seven inches down there. Well, do you remember my friends, mom and dad had built like a deep one. It was like five feet deep. Yes. And then there was a fireplace down in that pit. So yep. definitely not good for aging in place. Yeah, but it was the James Bond movies that's, and a mid-century marvel that got the sunken living room popular as far as I can remember. Like I've said before, we charged extra for those. Now we charge extra to fill them in. <laughs> right here at Rosie on the house, uh, talking red notebook questions. The phone lines are open, ironically. Usually by this time they're loaded up. The number is one 767 We were talking gas appliance safety before. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, drown prevention in the 1030. We're actually going to have a guest from... The uh, Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona sharing with us some tips that you need to be thinking about and aware of uh, now that things are going to start warming up. And they are. Uh, and we'll be spending more and more time with our family, friends, and neighbors in around the pool in the backyard. Where'd it go? I just had it. We've got Coyotes tickets. Oh, yeah, we do. How are you going to do it? 
Well, we usually do it by text. Uh, While you're looking for it, does urine come with it? At a, a Coyotes game? Coyotes. Coyote urine. Here we go. <laughs> Arizona Coyotes versus Seattle Kraken. This is for Monday, April 10th. Puck drop at 7. Uh, again, what? This is the question. You text the answer to 411923. What season did the Arizona Coyotes unveil the Howling Coyotes, uh, Howling Coyote as the mascot? Someone was telling me where they came from earlier. I, I didn't even know they came from somewhere else before they were the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Winnipeg, as I recall. Something. I can't Canada. even remember now. But uh, I still remember the Roadrunners. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing on the little ice rink at 20th Street and Thomas. <laughs> I heard those games were fun to go to, though. Uh, they, were, they, were, um, they were little little crowds, but very active crowds. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Coyotes tickets. Uh, Monday, April 10th, 7 p.m., Coyotes versus Cracklin. And what year did the Coyotes unveil the Howling Coyote as their mascot? Text that to 411-923, and we'll select a random right winner later in the hour. We also have Saba tickets if you're in the Tucson, Southern Arizona, and want to attend Saba on the weekend of the 14th, 15th, and 16th. We usually end up with like 100 tickets that uh, they give us to give out to our listeners. So there shouldn't be any reason many of you listeners in the area should have to pay to attend the Saba Home Show. But that'll come up uh, a little bit later. Let's get to And we'll be down there for the Saba Home Show. And we'll be doing stage demonstrations on transform simple things you can do to transform that spare bedroom in the hall that's just used for a storage closet. Oh, that'll be a good one. Yeah, well, <laughs> well we've got lots of ideas. Uh, update the baseboard, change the door casing, let's dress up the windows. How about some wainscoting? How about some crown molding? We'll show you how to do all that yourself uh, in the stage demonstrations at the Saba Home Show uh, coming up in a couple weeks at Tucson Convention Center. All right, where are we going? To Kathy? At one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie, for you. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Yes. Um, I called you guys last year about one of my exterior walls in my kitchen feeling really, really cold, and everything in the cupboard was cold, and where my cat food sits there, I could just feel the, the difference in temperature. So you recommended a home energy audit by 4Energy, yeah. and I had them come out. Okay. Because I was convinced there was no insulation in that wall, but they used their infrared camera, okay. and the wall was fine, but 3 to 4 inches from the floor, where the floor meets the wall, their, their photos showed it was 3 to 4 degrees lower than the rest of the wall. It showed, you know, blue there in their, in their pictures. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... They had no solution for that. It's where the tile meets the baseboard on any of the exterior walls in my whole home. It wasn't just in the kitchen mm-hmm. where I could feel it. Okay. And it's any a, ideas? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, it's a frame oh. home with stucco? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. When we, when we pour a, a foundation, a stem wall... And then we bolt a sole plate to that. We stand a frame wall up. Very often, that seam between the base plate and the concrete doesn't get sealed. And then when we run the exterior foam or sheathing, we go past the concrete just a little bit, just about an inch. And we put a piece of flashing there called a drip edge. 
and then we put the foam and we stuck with it. I'd be willing to bet you that if we got in there with a little foam and a little caulk and we sealed that joint between your drip screed and your stem wall, we'd have it solved. The fact that you say it runs continuous all the way around the outside of the house at the baseboard where it meets the tile, my guess is that's exactly where we're going to solve the problem. Now, what you don't want to do, you can also caulk that, but that little piece of screed is designed to have holes in it because as I mentioned earlier, stucco is not waterproof. It will saturate with water. It has to, it has to get out somewhere and you don't want it getting out into your house. So the water goes into the stucco, saturates it behind the paint, drips down the wall and reaches that, that drip screed. Those holes in the bottom are actually a place for the water to leave your stucco wall. Some pest control companies in an attempt to really, really make your home pest proof is they caulk those holes up. That should never be done, but you can caulk and seal the joint between the concrete stem wall and the back side of the flashing and probably eliminate that draft. And while we're at it, Kathy, you also might want to go to every electrical receptacle on an outside wall. While you're doing it, take off the faceplate and put in an insulated back cover and before you re-put the trim plate back on and maybe even take some foam and caulk and seal up between the junction box and the stucco. If you go around the whole house on every electrical box that's on an outside wall and do that, it will be the equivalent of closing one open window in your house. So, yeah, I think we can solve that. And I tell you what, Kathy, if you want to send me that whole house energy report from 4Energy, uh, I'll put it in front of the best brains on the planet, my team at Rosie Wright Remodeling. I'll have Don Brees look at it. I'll have Bruce Stumbo look at it. I'll have Dave Gardner look at it. Sophonia, Sephora Onya look at it. Rochelle Horn look at it. R Romano Klepek look at it. We'll, I'll, I'll have all the best eyes and all the biggest brains go through that. And uh, let's see if they agree with me. Had a fun email from Randy in the north of the Phoenix Preserve area. It said, I heard you guys talking about the Franklin 710 Stud Finder on the program, so I purchased one from the Rosie E store, and check it out. I just got my buffalo mount hung perfectly thanks to the Stud Finder from Rosie on the house. Very good, Randy. Nice Tutanka there. Hello, my name is Dennis Rusk. I'm the president and owner of ABC Glass. You're listening to Rosie on the House. And generally, I'm sitting here shifting through correct answers, trying to find somebody that is, you know, has that we haven't given tickets to within the last 12 months. Now, I'm shifting through trying to find the correct answer. Now, according to our research department that was provided to me, the correct answer is not 2005. We've got a few of those. Not 1995. Definitely wasn't uh, 1965. We had uh, somebody just said coyote tickets, please. I mean, come on, can't you at least just guess a year? <laughs> We're supposed to pick that. <laughs> a couple of people said, yay, Roadrunners. But the correct answer is not 2003. And if the last four digits of your phone end in 4637, just email info at rosieonthehouse.com, the email address you'd like us to transfer those tickets to. And congratulations, 
you're going to the Monday night on the 10th to see the Coyotes host the Crackland. It's a 10.30 segment. It's the third segment in the 10 o'clock hour. That's when we cover our weekly to-do. And if you're following along in our homeowner handbook, you see that in our open home hour, our hashtag is Drowning Prevention. And to talk about that, we've got a special guest on the line. We do. The media representative of the Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona, Miss Lori. Good morning, Lori. Miss Lori Stauffer. Lori, good morning. Thanks for taking the good time morning. to join us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, tell me a little bit about what is uh, the Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona. The Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona started because we had such a high number of drownings, including a high number of fatalities, as well as just, you know, the, the high number of incidents and started in the 80s. And a wonderful group of people came together and said, we need, we need to do something. So we had fire departments, hospitals, um, health officials coming together and saying, what can we do? We started gathering data. We know, um, you know, we knew how many kids were drowning. And then we started working towards reducing those numbers. And, you know, one of the things that they focused on was getting that barrier law in place. And that was a significant impact to the number of children. And when you look at the drowning rate, when we were at about 64 per 100,000 kids back in the 80s, we're now at about six to eight per 100,000. So you can tell that the hard work that these individuals started back then, and we've continued on for the last 30 years, is, is really making a difference. Oh, that's awesome. But we have to lean on, you know, we have to lean on those families and the homeowners to keep those layers of protection in place. Well, I've been doing this broadcast every Saturday for 35 years, and I've only cried on air one time, and it was with a mother of a drowning victim, child, and, mm-hmm. we, and we were with the Phoenix Fire Department, um, and I, I couldn't go on with the show. The, the, cat, the fire captain had to take my microphone uh, because she was explaining what happened with her child. At the time, my kids were exactly the same age, and uh, I, I, I had to excuse myself off the air, so it's, it's heartbreaking. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona, the website. Y'all talk about, okay, let's just start with the ABCs of drowning prevention. Yes, you know, we always say it's, it's simple steps that save lives, right? And, and the easy way to remember it is the ABCs. And we always start with adult supervision. You need to have your eyes on the kids. Um, when they're in the water or near water, you've got to have eye-to-eye supervision where you're not distracted by playing on your phone or doing yard work or grilling the barbecue or just talking with friends, someone needs to be that lifeguard and keeping their eyes on, on them. Um, the second layer of protection is barriers that be for barriers. When we do not expect kids to be in the water, adult supervision really doesn't serve as a layer of protection anymore. You've got to, you know, really have something that's going to keep access to water uh, limited for those those kids when you're not keeping your eyes on them, and sure. that really is a huge piece. Um, I want you know the C is for classes. We want to know. Uh, we've got to get people to know how to swim. We have a high number of adults who don't know how to swim, um, and this is pretty 
you know, important when, when you're in the pool, but a lot of the teens and adults are going into open water, lakes and rivers, and it is different. So the other C that we talk about is those Coast Guard approved life vests. You've got to have something that keeps you, keeps you on top of the water. And, and all of those pieces are critical and not one of them can stand alone. I get to the homepage of the Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona and right along the top borderline, it says pool and spa safety checklist course, enroll today. What's involved in enrolling in that course? Well, that is really a class for professionals to be able to learn what to look for okay. when you go into a backyard and say and be able to identify those um, hazards. Much like a lot of fire departments have home safety visits for older adults to identify their tripping and falling hazards Got and it. fire safety, we have the same thing for water safety because a lot of parents believe or homeowners believe that they're they're safe. They've got everything together. We also have families who think, I don't have a pool. I don't have anything to worry about. Um, but they are not really aware of what's on the other side of that block fence that they can't see. And uh, they may be putting their children at risk because they've placed things that kids ha- can climb upon. And unfortunately, we had that situation in Scottsdale. Uh, I worked for the Scottsdale Fire Department, and we had a child who was able to climb over the fence um, of their yard into a, a yard that had a pool and, and drowned in that pool. So uh, it is, it is uh, scary. It's heartbreaking. And, you know, so you, it's really that village takes a village to, to protect our families, our, our, our homeowners, our kids, our, our even adults, because, you know, we drown also. Miss Lori Stauffer, the media representative for the Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona. The website is preventdrownings.org. Lots of good information. You can kind of repeat the ABC material Lori just covered with us. It talks about what is the Drowning Coalition, and it gives you opportunities to participate in some classes. For all that y'all have done, for all that the community has done about bringing pool safety awareness out to the public and for what it's accomplished in reducing drownings. If my math is right, we've reduced drownings by over 85% on the numbers you gave us earlier. Yes, and and we are so happy about that. At the same time, we know that every single drowning is preventable. We have to keep layers in in place. We have to understand that it's not just going to happen to someone else. We want to take care of each other and one. Watch the kids, put the barriers in place, keep that life vest on, and know how to do CPR. You have to do mouth-to-mouth CPR with compressions and breaths if, if, if the worst thing happens so that we can reduce that brain death while we're waiting for those emergency responders to arrive. Even one is too many. Absolutely. Miss Lloyd, thanks a bunch for taking time out of your Saturday to join us in helping educate every Arizona homeowner. Thanks a million. You bet. All right. I might want to add to that. Okay, uh, do. We had a very famous actor that lived in Paradise Valley, Leslie Nielsen. Does that ring a bell? Uh, uh, airplane. He was a comedic actor, also uh, a serious actor. Remodeled his house. Stop Did calling you? me Shirley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, he experienced uh, a near drowning of his daughter yeah. when uh, she was six years old. And he specifically told everyone, okay, I got to go in the house. Y'all keep an eye on her. 
He happened to be going upstairs and looking out the window and saw her at the bottom of the pool, ran out, rescued her, and he was livid at his friends. I said, I told you guys, keep your eyes on her. Good reason to be livid. And she was okay, which was great. But he was an advocate for pool safety. In fact, uh, we had him on the air back in the day when I was at KUZ. Okay. And uh, he stayed for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh. He didn't just talk about that. Oh, we went through the whole uh, career thing. But, but uh, yeah, if you've got to keep your eyes on uh, any body of water. I've got, I, I've got a little brother. Stubborn, hard-headed, ornery. When he, when he was about 13 that months. That you love very much. When he was about, I think, about 13 months old, he moved a chair to the back of the screen porch unlocked the screen door and jumped in the pool <laughs> and uh, and and my mom picked him up off the bottom of the pool and revived him oh man and he's still hard-headed <laughs> disobedient and ornery you mean he cannot hey, Amen. oh yeah all right let's go to jeff who's calling with another homeowner question let's see if we can help jeff out. good morning jeff Hey, good morning, Rosie. Love the show. Thanks, bud. Uh, tough topic to follow. Yeah, well, I'm sorry about that. Let's let's change the subject. <laughs> uh, that's okay, but you know the prevention rates are going up, and uh, that's the important thing. That's you know, knowledge right. and information. Amen. Okay. Uh, I, I'm an HVAC contractor for about 25 years now. Been in different states, and I uh, just recently got a position in uh, East Mesa. Okay. A lot of snowbirds. Yeah. And one of the biggest questions they asked me, and I. Um, honestly don't know how to answer is when they leave what do they should leave their thermostats at uh jeff we generally as a rule of thumb um tell them look for for the structural integrity of the house um for all the personal possessions in the house uh your air conditioner will hardly have to work at all if you just set it about 85 and leave it now i do tell people if they're not having anyone check on the house, if it literally is going to be locked up and closed for four months, we tell them to fill up some five-gallon buckets of water and locate them a couple places through the house just to allow some humidity because the air conditioning is doing what? Dehumidifying. It dehumidifies, dehumidifies. And when you're living in the house, taking showers, cooking and whatnot, you're adding a little humidity back to the house. So we throw a couple... Fill up the tubs. Fill up the tubs. Five gallon buckets out. Fill up the sinks. Yeah, and uh, and and set it to eighty five. Jeff is the is the is the advice we've been giving snowbirds in Arizona for about twenty five years, and that that seems to be holding quite well. So I I appreciate you as a air conditioning expert and uh, contractor reaching out to find out. We've been we've been here a long time, and welcome to Arizona, my friend. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, brother. Okay, bud. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. When we get back, we got Saba tickets, and uh, we're gonna cover this some weed issues that uh, homeowners have sent in. And and we talked about the retaining wall, masonry wall that fell apart. We've got another one coming in, but it's not eight eight CMU block. It's antique phoenix brick and what to do about that that's going to require a whole different course of action for one big reason they don't make phoenix brick no mas no mas so you are probably going to have to tear the wall down 
and go back in with a bell guard. There are plenty of good dry stack bell guard rotating walls that'll look extremely handsome in front of the Phoenix brick veneer that's on your house. So took care of two uh, crumbling retaining walls today at the very least. It's what we can do here at Rosie on the house. Well, congratulations, Jerry. And she emailed in and was the Coyote ticket winner. Said, I'm currently outside enjoying the weather and prepping my home for Arizona Paint Company, who's coming out to put on an exterior coat on Monday. That's a ah. Arizona homeowner weekend right there. There it is, right there. Arizona Insider, that's for sure. Head, uh, headline, headlines from open snow, historical weather, winter hangs on out west, and it's leading to a lot of questions like Mark here. And uh, what he says, he has two acres in North Scottsdale. Now, I, I'd like to know, I mean, it doesn't really matter how, you know, exactly geographically well, but so many people that say North Scottsdale, like where, like Pima, like that's not North Scottsdale, that's like almost perfectly central Scottsdale. So many people want to be able to say, North Scottsdale. It's like, so where are you, Pinnacle Peak? Nope, still not North Scottsdale. Geographically, the boundaries of Scottsdale, you're you're just above center. (laughs) But anyway, that's not the point. The point is he's got two acres, and he's been spraying weeds and had some success. And he wants to know, if I ever achieve good kill, can we mow the weeds then? Well, Mark, you're probably having great success. The problem is with... The frequency of rain we've been getting, you kill it off, rain comes, more seeds germinate. You kill those, more rains come. You know, there's billions upon billions of seeds just laying on the desert floor everywhere. And as long as you got birds flying over your your two acres. (laughs) So you're getting a lot of seed drop and germination that's just... and Ongoing. if, If you probably took a picture of these weeds too, what you were spraying... Six weeks ago, probably isn't the same sprouts you're seeing now because, you know, some of these seeds sprout at different times. So when we have a really consistent wet season like this, you have to stay on top of spraying if you're not using a pre-emergent. A pre-emergence can be used. Now, that takes about a year for it to fully kick in because you have to do it a few times, and that keeps seed germination from happening. And if you don't have any pre-emergent now, everything you're doing is post-spraying, it's going to take several springs to get caught up. And then at that point uh, is, is a great time. You know, you could hit a pre-emergent at any time, but just know you're not going to see the benefit of that for a full year. And then you can start doing spot treatments a lot shorter quantities as you, uh, as you get on top of it. It's uh, a, definitely a weed season. And if you're looking for somebody. Super bloom. To come in and do a professional spray for you. Oh, don't oh, wait. Don't give that number out. Jennifer, we already got him scheduled. We're we're done. Okay, okay, okay. All right, go ahead, go ahead and give his number out. And I don't even have it in front of me, but it's Ray Lopez at Scottsdale Weed. Uh, you can find him in the weed control category at RosieOnTheHouse.com. I, I call him so much. For my, you got uh, it. It's four eight zero nine four one nine four seven one. Saves we're you on, lots of hours. We're, we're on like a weekly talking basis. The the way he manages my and my. Uh, Well, he helped me retire a 1,000 square feet of warm weather turf lawn. Uh, That that was almost a nine-month process to do it and do it right because I wanted 
to grow organic gardening where that was. So he, to kill it organically took a lot. He was there often. Yeah. And now he's getting my my summer lawn ready to go. He's got my yard pre-emergent. So I just wanted to make sure we, we were on his schedule before you gave the number out. That's all. Scottsdale Weed Control, Mr. Ray Lopez. And, and he named it after that, of growing up in the town. But he uh, he works far beyond the boundaries of the Scottsdale area. And, in fact, he even lives out in Chan- or, uh, uh, Glendale right now near Cardinal Stadium. When, when they hit, like, the 15th or 16th kid, <laughs> they needed a house big enough. They needed <laughs> they needed to go where they could find some more land. So That's they've, right. They've definitely expanded their uh, – service territory. Let's just say their quiver is full. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's for the two acres of North Scottsdale or for any of you in the metro area. Takeaways for this show. Any other red notebook we need to address before we go to takeaways? Um, You okay? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Um, I I got a follow-up call on our drowning prevention segment. Yes. We did talk about you know, pools, but mostly, exclusively. And in the article, and to keep in mind is the fact that there are other ways, uh, other things that are a danger, including an open toilet or a mop bucket or any kind of maybe bucket you've left outside and forgotten about, five-gallon bucket. So just be diligent. You know? All right. So that was a good reminder. Good. One of the takeaways I'd like the Arizona homeowners to take, as in, in addition to the encouragement for an enhanced water safety culture at your house uh, was what we talked about the nine o'clock hour the safety of gas appliances and our Rosie certified appliance repair company Hassar uh, is available at 602-814-6504 to do a five appliance preventative maintenance checkup on any five appliances at your house for $300. They'll clean the coils of the refrigerator, clean out the fil- filter in the dishwasher to prevent mold and odors, thoroughly go through each appliance to make sure it's working to its full capacity. If any parts are needed for repair, that'll be additional, but there'll be no additional labor. $300 five appliance checkup by Hassar, 602-814-6504. And I completely forgot I was going to uh, do Saba tickets. Let's get that done. Just yes. text Saba Southern Arizona Home Builders Association Saba two four one one nine two three. It says two tickets in the newsletter, but we usually get like a hundred pairs. Yeah, so we got we've got just tons. just text us if you're interested, and we'll keep giving them out till we run out. Rick's already called, and so his, he's oh, got the first two. Yeah. Isn't he just on the auto ship he list? He is. <laughs> That's the weekend of April sixteenth. 14th, 15th, and 16th at the Tucson Convention Center. We will be there live in the Rosie booth if you'd like to come join us. And then full lineup uh, coming up next Saturday. You can sign up for our newsletter at rosieonthehouse.com and get a preview of what that is every Thursday. 